across the UK. Overnight with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico Yeah, that's where we're going now, to Campeche in uh, Mexico. It's uh, a very good evening to John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, for joining us again. No problem at all, Martin. Well, you say no problem at all, but it's a heck of a problem because you're suffering from dengue fever. Yes, nowhere does disease quite like the tropics. It's the perfect temperature in these parts uh, and humidity, which gives life to absolutely everything, including viruses, amoeba, parasites, fungus, and a variety of uh, my favorite, the mosquito-borne uh, afflictions. Luckily, there's no malaria here, so we can at least discount that. That's a little bit further away. But that means that the apex predator of viruses, the most feared of tropical diseases, uh, is therefore dengue fever, fiebre, quiebra huesos, as it's known locally, which means, which translates as breakbone fever. And as I can wow. tell you from my life this week, it's not been that much fun. No, well, tell me exactly. See, when you when you got in touch with us at first to say you you were suffering from dengue fever, I, you know, I was almost about to uh, to ring Mark or Jed up and say, um, you better write uh, John Bonfilio out of the script for a few weeks because he's got dengue fever, which I th- sounded to me like a, a dreadful thing. I mean, it can be fatal, can't it? Yeah, it can be. Um, generally, as with many tropical diseases, you just have to wait and sweat it out, and some people sweat it out quicker uh, than, than others i'm definitely not fully out the other side of it but I'm, i've definitely seen uh, seen the worst it comes in in waves now uh, but the real worry with dengue as you say is it becomes severe and hemorrhagic one in 20 cases uh, take on that that hue and in, in which which is not nice at all you basically start to bleed out from the inside and if oh, if that goodness. isn't treated and you know uh, bear in mind that many people in the tropics are critically underserved by healthcare if that isn't yeah. Uh, if that remains untreated, it has a mortality rate of, of 50 percent. So it's certainly, you know, it's certainly a big thing. Uh, and the government here has been all over the place in terms of warning signs and uh, making sure that people throw out their, their wastewater and they don't leave um, reproduction zones for mosquitoes and, uh, and so on. Uh, it's been, along with the eclipse, uh, the, the big news of, uh, of the week for sure. Yeah, I bet it has. And what are you, t- you know, personally, what are you taking? Are you just sort of paracetamol and Nurofen and that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm not really. I, I'm one. I tend to take stuff when it, I think it's actually going to work. Um, and with tropical diseases, generally, like anything you take is mitigation. It's not going to make the blindest bit of difference. I'm just saying uh, hydrated, keeping my salts and sugars uh, uh, in play. And then, yeah, just just uh, letting the, the thing run its course, really. Blimey. Yeah, well, it, it was it was a heck of a shot when we did get that email from you saying you got dengue fever, and we wish you all the best. Is there? A, a, do they say well, I've got, gone in three or four days, or, or what, or will it hang around for a bit? The general perspective is that it takes, on average, about a week to fully get rid of. I mean, I think even if you get rid of it, you sort of still feel uh, weak uh, because of all the sugars and stuff and salts that you've that you've lost with a with a sweat but that's about the average amount of time but then there are some people who 
you know, really struggle with it and it goes on for, for longer. And then there are some people who, who it passes through relatively quickly. This isn't my first dengue episode. So right. at least I've got that to, to hold <laughs> on to. I sort of know what's, what's coming. One of the more interesting things about it is that actually I don't tend, uh, I'm not a hallucinogenic soul at the best of times, but, uh, this does bring on, you know, I, I think by a certain stage in life, we're, we're pretty used to the authors of our dreams. We know who's, even if it's not directly us, who's in charge of them. But when you have something like dengue, it's like somebody else has come in. Somebody else has stepped into the party Ooh. and has just started to move everything around and it becomes really, really strange. Wow. Sounds it. You sh- Mark, you should get uh, John on uh, Howard Hughes' show yeah. to, talk, to talk about uh, somebody else coming in and messing with your dreams. That, <laughs> I think, is... That, I mean, there have been movies, some of the Nightmare on Elm Street and things uh, uh, like that, but uh, never heard anybody who's actually suffered it in real life. Um, we better move on to that uh, solar eclipse, which you say, you know, alongside the outbreak of dengue fever, has been the uh, the big story where you are this week, Mark. Uh, uh, John, tell us tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, the only good thing about me being out of action for most of this week is that I haven't been peppered by everybody on the streets asking, "Do you have your glasses for Saturday?" Uh, which is what every everybody else's second favourite topic of conversation. If you don't have them, they sort of look down their nose at you for, right. uh, for not, not dealing with the eclipse, not it, it, with its proper seriousness. Uh, but now that you do ask, uh, Martin, I do have my glasses. Thanks for the oh, concern. Good. I also have some for my, some, some for my kids, although I know for a fact that they will not pay the slightest attention to my very specific instructions not to look directly at the sun. Um, this is an annular eclipse, uh, apparently, in which we're going to see a ring of fire where the moon is at a certain distance. It doesn't fully cover the sun, but we get a sort of a ring uh, of fire around the edge of it. And it starts tomorrow morning. The southwest USA crosses through Mexico uh, into the Yucatan Peninsula, directly over Campeche. Some would say this is Campeche's finest international hour. Uh, and then goes on to Colombia and uh, Brazil. And without doubt is the astronomical event of the year in these hills. Yeah, it sounds it. I mean, I presume you've seen it before. When you say annular, it, it, is, it, is that the same as annual? Does it just happen every year? Annular is, it refers to a ring. So from the Latin, uh, oh, Spanish, right. it's anillo. So you get a ring, uh, a light ring around the sun, uh, around the edge of the moon, blocking off the sun. And there is actually another... Uh, solar eclipse in, in Mexico next year, but that's going to be a full solar eclipse. This one has, right. has a peculiarity to it. Yeah, so annular's nothing to do with the regularity of it. It's because it's uh, a ring rather than a total eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, a story I found quite intriguing because we were talking about the rate of inflation in Argentina, which is uh, 150% or whatever, uh, is that uh, restaurants are doing rather well in the uh, in the current climate there. It's crazy, isn't it? Hyperinflation always throws up these seemingly counterintuitive anomalies. And in Argentina this week of the presidential election, which is on uh, next week on Sunday, everyone is dining out, uh, literally. And I guess, you know, when your money, when the money in your pocket will be worth a fraction tomorrow of what it is today, all the people want to do is spend it, which, of course, fully exacerbates uh, the problem. 150%, 125%, 200 Honestly, by the time you get inflation rates that high, it's it's irrelevant what figures they they actually reach it just becomes a major major problem currently two in five argentines live in poverty and get this the argentine peso i mean there are stats that you can just throw up 
repeatedly, mm. which just, you know, shock you uh, time after time with something like this. But the Argentine peso has lost 50% of its value over the last four months. Wow. That is unbelievable. I mean, it, 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 are people buying things digitally with bank cards? You know, because we had all these stories from Germany in the 1930s where people were taking wheelbarrows of Deutschmarks into uh, into shops, into grocery shops and things, and having to pay out all that. And I, I remember once going to India some years ago, and uh, you know, you'd have there were inflation was so, or the the money was worth so little that you would get loads of rupees notes stapled together. So there was, do you know what I mean? So you'd have 20, 100 rupee notes or whatever it was, all stapled together. And I'm just wondering, but that was pre-people pre using bank cards, their phones and all that sort of thing. And I'm wondering how people, are, are they carrying vast sums of money around to pay for these restaurant meals or, or what? Yeah, they do. And the denominations just increase and increase uh, and increase. I remember I was in Zimbabwe in the early 2000s when um, hyperinflation there reached a million percent. And at that point, you had to carry a rucksack of cash just to buy a coffee. And hilariously, I was mugged in Harare during that time, which was the most ridiculous mugging because they could see that I was carrying uh, a rucksack. So very obviously, they're going to go through an extensive mugging process and uh, and you know get out of me <laughs> next to nothing i don't know what, what it was that they they were thinking that they were doing um and in argentina really there are two things i think and uh, the surprising thing perhaps is that people are trying to spend money to have fun so to go out and just make the most of it when the other option is just doing nothing and losing the value and then the other thing which people generally do is try and invest in something of a value so sales of purchases of gold for example precious metals um, you know, other infrastructures. You say, like, actually, even purchasing things like wheelbarrows or, I don't know, bed frames or, if you can, a vehicle or whatever. It's also interesting that actually the Argentine local producers are actually doing pretty well because the Argentine peso has no purchasing power internationally, but it, it, it's okay uh, nationally. So actually, there's quite a, quite a lot of people who produce locally who are doing okay in this, mm. uh, you know, slightly surprising economy. Like I say, just loads of different. Uh, anomalies that hyperinflation throws up, which which make a great economics post in a chat, but nobody really wants to live through. No, absolutely not. Um, let's look at uh, a sports story. Um, we were talking about Messi some time ago about how he's, you know, he's been such a huge star in the MLS in, in the States. Um, but he's got injured now, which uh, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to affect him. He's, I'm try as far as his international career goes and what's lined up for uh, Argentina. Well, he, he actually played 35 minutes in this uh, last fixture for Inter Miami. There's two fixtures left, but they have no hopes of reaching the playoffs, which is basically the low watermark for any teams in Major League Soccer. I mean, I suppose a good thing about being Argentine is that you can still hold on to the World Cup win and the greatest of all time, Leo Messi, who, as you say, uh, lit up uh, and continues to when he's there, Major League Soccer, mm. and fully generated a mania, which is difficult to uh, to describe, in which as soon as he came uh, into Miami, the bottom of the league, uh, he was scoring a goal a game uh, and they were winning everything in their uh, path, driving up the sales of merchandise, takings, uh, attendances uh, and so on. And the inevitable story seemed to be that from the bottom of the league, they would reach the playoffs and win the MLS uh, Cup. But then Leo Messi got injured and his bodyguard uh, stopped being in, in fruitful employee. Because <laughs> what do you do as a bodyguard when you can't run on uh, the pitch and, 
and jump on intruding 16-year-olds. Indeed. And they started losing. Yeah, they basically lost everything. But on the whole, I think it's still a, a positive season for, for Inter Miami, despite the fact that it's been highly disappointing in the second half, because uh, they did win the League's Cup, this Liga MX joint uh, Major League Soccer Cup, that, uh, where they, they cleared everyone in in their path, and Messi was absolutely mm. instrumental into that. But certainly it's definitely been a, a damp squib uh, compared to what the first half of the season was uh, with uh, Leo Messi at Inter Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how old is he now? Is he about 36? I'm not sure. I mean, he's, he's definitely in mid-30s or, somewhere yeah, down, down the 36 line. 36 or 37, I think. Um, John, look after yourself. Thank you ever so much for, um, well, I know, I know you're not actually in bed. I was going to say getting off your sick bed to talk to us, but, uh, thanks for joining us in your, in your house of pain, uh, this morning. <laughs> uh, do, do appreciate it. Uh, and no hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll talk again next week. Very much. I should keep my fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, unless and, I become hemorrhagic. Yes, I hope you don't become hemorrhagic. Thank you ever so much, John. We'll talk again soon. No problem. Take care. Cheers. There we go. Uh, John Bonfilio.